Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9. Today we've got in the studio presenting the show for you... Phil. And Gordon. And Chris. Oh, and... Funny about that. Hang on, we did it last week. <laughs> and the week before. You sure it's our turn? Yeah, I think it's our turn. And it's lovely to have you as company with us as yes. we present our little show for you. Well, have you got web feet yet, Gordon? Uh, not quite, no. Um, I decided to the theatre on Friday night because I was reading all the gloom and doom that was going to happen on, in on the paper on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. I phoned Sangeet and said, um, look, do you think we should go out tonight with all this flooding that's going to be on because the paper had the map of the flood plains and everything that was going to happen and it looked so shocking and I thought, well, you know, I don't really want to be driving in that sort of weather. And so she decided that it would be a good idea if we cancelled. And I thought as soon as I hung up the phone, I thought it's not going to rain anymore. No, no. And it didn't. And I could have, we could have think, so I've learned my lesson. And from now on, if anything like that happens again, I'm going to say, I'll give you a ring at four o'clock and we'll see what's happening then. Yeah, that's right. But Victoria got the rain. just not Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got rain. The, the, the Bureau were quite right. But there were a lot of people apparently on Facebook, Chris, that were complaining about the the weather that was it being expected and not coming and how people had cancelled this and cancelled that and something else. And I thought to myself, how stupid. Better to be safe than sorry. Exactly. If they hadn't have told us that there was going to be a drama like that and it happened, everybody would be screaming at them for not telling us, you know. And there are people that don't think very much fast, far past their noses. Well, that's you know. right. It's the old NIMBY. Mm, mm. Not in my backyard. Yeah, yes. something like that. But so what? It's not going to rain in my backyard. Well, people would complain. <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm, I live in, on the top of a very high rise, and we don't get any flooding like that, which is rather fortunate. Um, so it was good. But the, gra- the I tell you what, the gardens look lovely after the, all the rain. I've, I've got a plan yeah. for when the floods do come. Yeah. Because I've moved from South Parade in Blackburn, yes. which has been rezoned as a floodplain after I left. I'm now on the other side of the train line on the top of a hill in a second floor apartment. So when the flood comes, I'm going to have a little cigar thing, cigar case with break here in case of flood. Yeah. And when the people come by in their boats, I'll just light up the cigar and <laughs> celebrate their misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, you talk about floodplain, do they fly anywhere? Floodplains? Yeah. Yes, to Spain. Oh, right, the, where they fall mainly. Mainly on, on the plane. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I used to have this vision of a cloud... <laughs> Flying around with this plane in Spain. That's not what they were saying at all. No, they weren't. Yeah. No, but it's brilliant how all the native flora, fauna oh, yes. has really yes. absorbed all that rain. Mm, mm. You know? 
it's a whole, uh, what was it, a whole summer's worth of rain in one Apparently day? Apparently so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I know mine. And they're turning green. My grass needs to be mowed every week now. Yeah, once the heat comes rain. up again, yes, yes, it'll really grow up. I've, but the um, I have a, a native garden in the front of my house, uh, front of my bedroom on, on part of the garden, and I have never watered it. I don't water that, and yet uh, it grows beautifully. And all of a sudden, with all that rain that we've had over the weekend, it's looking lovely and green and bright and and see the, the one of the benefits of the rain that we had last weekend was the fact that it was uh, horizontal rain. It was vertical rain. It was slow and steady, and there was no wind with it. It's when you get the wind and tiles get lifted, trees get pushed down, um, that you get all the damages. You must have had much calmer weather than we had. Oh, yeah. I had wind blowing across my oh, windows. We didn't wow. have it. We had no wind. It was that, and that was why the rain was so steady, because it wasn't blowing the clouds away. Mm. wasn't moving the clouds. The clouds were just sitting there, and the rain was just falling. But you've had to feel sorry for the country people, really, because there was so much damage done up there and farms fixed and cherries crops ruined and people had to, one whole um, big wedding had to be cancelled because of the rain and the people must have lost huge amounts of money because of it, you know. Well, we'll have to look back at this in a month's time and say, oh, wasn't that rain wonderful? Now (laughs) we've got a desert in our front yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There was drizzle. What's the difference between drizzle and rain? I know. Yeah, you know, because yeah. you told us earlier. I saw it on TV, so yeah. it's true. <laughs> oh. Rain, if you have standing water or a puddle, yeah. rain, when it hits the water, will make a splash. Yeah. This little droplet will come up and land again, and then you'll get your little rings going out. Drizzle, just it's so light, it just incorporates with the water. When it makes contact. You don't get ripples from drizzle. It's not big enough for a splash. Yeah. Oh, well, that's all right. There you are. So So we had a lot of drizzle on the Saturday, but it was wind-assisted, which made it miserable. On Saturday, I was in Malvern, and it was was drizzling, but it wasn't... um, It was... There was no wind. We Uh, didn't have wind. We had a a clear southerly blowing up. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, it was happening all over the state in different um, ways, of course, and that's the problem. two possums at Blackburn Lake who were very unhappy with the weather. Were they? Yes. One of my friends got a stick and just moved them off the walking path. (laughs) He says, I think they were still alive, but they were just soaked. Oh, Mm. poor poor things. Yes. Ah. Well, there you go. But that's the weather. You, You can't do anything about the weather. You just have to... Go with it. Live and put with, up it. with it. You have to because that's what it is. That's weather. You know, it's not controllable. It is not controllable. There at are all. little weather gods. We sometimes think that we've, if we don't like the weather, then we've got to blame someone for the adverse weather. But there is no one to blame. Well, you except can't. Gaia. Hmm. Mother Nature. Mother Nature's the one. It yeah. is the way. It's not some mysterious god lurking in the clouds or... But they've um, historically been the, the go-to guys. So if you're god of fire and you're god of rain and god of sun, so that you can, if it's something you like, you can praise them, and if it's something you don't like, you can curse them. Um, so much easier than the truth. Oh, oh yes, definitely. <laughs> and, and I th- think about those poor people uh, late last week who were in Bali and couldn't get out because oh. Mount Argung was, was grumbling and rumbling. Yeah, well, and, the, of course, it's it, there are gods in that mountain, in that volcano. The Hindu gods are complaining about the people 
going up the side of the mountain, mm. much like presumably the spirits are complaining about the people who walk up Uluru. The ancient cultures had these people that they thought were at fault and were causing all the trouble in these things like um, volcanoes erupting and earthquakes happening. If you go to a country that's got a, a known live volcano or two, because there's also Mount Kintamani in Bali, there's a couple of volcanoes on Bali Island. If you go to that place like that, anything can happen at any time. And so if you take your chances if you go there that you're going to be able to get out and come back if anything goes wrong. And all the people that were complaining bitterly about it, it's another form of nature, which we were talking about with yeah. the rain. It's nature taking doing it what it does, even underground or above ground. The volcanoes emit steam, Hmm. and if they can't release the pressure of the water on the hot magma in the soil, Hmm. right deep down, then that becomes explosive, like a pressure cooker, and will will blast out. It literally blows the cap, but as happened in Washington... It blew the side of the mountain. It right. grew a dome yeah. and flattened all the forestry, which yeah. was a particularly bad look for a forest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and don't forget that maybe 150, 200 years ago in Indonesia, Mount Krakatoa. Oh, Krakatoa was an island, actually. It was a yeah. complete island. But to its advantage, it didn't affect the flights. No, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Only the birds. Now, the which bird. airline taught us about the trouble of flying through volcanic ash? Qantas. No. no. Hmm. Was Boak? Well, later than that, British Airways. British Airways. Who flew through the volcanic ash because it didn't show up on the radar. And when the plane landed in Perth, the four engines that had stopped in midair were running again so they could actually land safely. But all the paint had been stripped off the entire plane. It had been sandblasted sandblasted in midair. And the glass in the windscreens? It was, yes, burnt. Mm. And all they could see while they were flying through it was what they thought was St. Elmo's fire. But it was just the, I guess it was the paint being burnt off, but it's just fiery things out your window. Mm-hmm. That would be a bad flight to be on. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but, yeah. I'd want extra peanuts. <laughs> <Yeah. for that>. <laughs> <laughs> but Krakatoa, when it went off, it, it emitted so much ash into the atmosphere that... It People changed said the world. that it claim, changed climate mm, effect. Mm, mm. I think some areas of the world didn't have a, a summer that particular following mm. well, sequence. I of don't know how whether it would seasons. have how would have it affected Australia because it's the north of Australia and the winds go across Australia. So I wouldn't say they would come. That dust would well, come down and be across Australia because it would be because where Krakatoa was in the peninsula there, it was, uh, I would say that the wind would probably, the upper atmosphere would just take it around the world, in the, around the equator length and, and northern. Some of it may have come down to the south, but I don't think so. I've stubbed a toe in the past and that hurt. Imagine what it's like to crack a toe. Yeah. Ooh, pain. <laughs> the pain that, of it all. That, would, that could even stop you from walking. <gasps> That's a good name for a song. Should we should we listen to it? I think so. We've It'll queued it up so nicely. It's a grand idea. Yes, but who's singing it? Steve Grand. Right. Here on Joy. Been there, done that. Gordon, Phil and Chris. Stay tuned. There's more. Caught up in the light. Cameras in my face. Where did we go wrong? Why'd you walk away? I know I let you down. Promised I would change. Ain't so simple now. What else can I say? I'm down. How can Sometimes at night I go walking, tracing the streets of this. 
You're listening to a Joycast from GLD, TIQ Community Radio Station of Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. Thanks very much for being with us. And you can communicate with us. How? How? <gasps> it's a thing. <laughs> it's like a couple of Indians. How? Fascinating <laughs> looks I'm getting. <laughs> There's this thing called email. It stands for electronic mail. And we have an address, which is much like a street address, but it's an email address. All right. And you can address us, being there, at joy.org.au. And in the text field of your email, you can praise our performance oh, or tell the truth. Did you give him some sort of tablets before we came on here, Chris? Factoids. <laughs> Long as they're not... L- no. Not the other tablets. No, no, no. no. Right. <laughs> that's they're, they're the ones that's like forgetting something goes straight through you. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That last song we played, the, the song we played was called Stitch was called walk. Walking. Yes, and it was during the week. It was National Disability Week, but there are people that can't walk in lots of cases. On the third of December, this is the International Day of People with Disability, mm. and we who are fit and well and able often don't recognise the deficiencies that others have, mm-hmm. and we we sort of think, oh, the world is just made right for us, but it's not always that way for other people. No, it isn't, and and of course, with the National Disability Insurance Scheme brought on into the thing now, even though the government is sort of not raising enough money to pay for the system, you know, at least the people that are into the into that. Um, insurance scheme will now be better off with the the way that things can be done yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting when you go around the world and you see how other countries respect or or make provision for people with disabilities um, here in Australia we have um, tactile tiles on the f- railway platforms that's because the, have, the dots ones yeah yeah, yeah. We, we have Braille type entries on some touch points That's right. of various places. We have beepers and signals at the traffic lights to let you know when it's safe to walk, etc., uh, etc. Et another very subtle one. If you're running your hand on a handrail, as you get to the end, there's a single little bump. Oh, is there? To tell you that the that end is near. Oh, right. Oh, right. But it's it, not a prediction of death or anything. It's just the it's end just of the handrail. the end of the handrail. No, <laughs> but there are some... Bumps on some handrails, I think it's Spencer Street, on the ramps there, which actually say which ramp you're going down. That would be handy. That's very handy for people that are blind. Yeah. yeah. And this is why it, it's, there, there is so much, so much advancement has been made in the last 20 years, I suppose, for people with disabilities of all kinds. Well, you were talking about walking, but... Think about those people that are confined to wheelchairs or motorised mm, wheelchairs. Mm. You wouldn't want to be at the new sports pavilion uh, opened, I think, in Perth. Picture in today's papers where it shows the lovely steps leading up, mm. but there ain't no escalator and there ain't no lift. lift. All our new or rebuilt Skyrail railway stations are designed and built to the specifications of the Disability Discrimination Act, DDA for short. This is to ensure that the general public with physical, sensory, intellectual, neurological or learning limitations are able to use the public facilities as the rest of the general population does, that is, 
no discrimination. People with disabilities can get into the MCG, of course, and that was built a long time before this, but they have made provision for people with uh, yeah. disabilities. They've got lifts and all sorts of things yeah. to get them in there. <laughs> uh, and you have theatres that have got access for wheelchairs yeah. and yeah. so people can get in. They also have seats where you sit in if you're hard of hearing and you can connect into the into the little the plug hearing. near your seat and that gives oh, you this, right. the sound of, the, of what's going up on stage. Yeah, but uh, uh, as I was saying about internationally, they're not as advanced in some ways as we are and uh, I think we take a disabled population very seriously here in Australia which is good it's incorporated into our legislation mm, mm, mm. now sometimes you've got to do that because you can't always wait for the general population to go along with the concepts mm, mm. it's the same with marriage it could be it's all about equal rights it's about human rights about how we should be all treated as one people doesn't matter whether you're gay straight whatever or you're in a wheelchair or you're blind or whatever we all have equal human rights and that's what's happening on the the 10th of december it's international human rights day well yes well by then we hope we have um, same-sex marriage yes i wonder if that would be a day where the actual grand announcement of the human rights of marriage in australia will be announced. Wouldn't that be symbolic? Well, it would be a damn good idea to announce it on that day because it's, it's, we've, been, we've been without those rights for years. What we really need is a Bill of Rights. Yeah, piece well, of legislation that basically yeah. says this is how you do it. Well, there's a few things we should have too, a Bill of Rights and a treaty with our Aboriginal community or our Indigenous community. There's lots of things that we should have. But it's, uh, we, are, we live in a very white Anglo-Saxon sort of world with our parliament. Because we're, we're but the getting... country's changing the, and the parliament isn't. That's, that's exactly mm. right. And that's, this is why these uh, other parties are starting to make inroads because they're re- recognising these things and talking to the people that they concern and they're getting votes. Yeah. Like the, the Greens Those, in particular. Uh, you know. the, the, the couple of elections as brought on by the citizenship row mm. and people are making their opinions heard, uh, heard and, and, yeah, and there's a by the voting box very good article in the paper that i read about getting our democracy back and this is what the people want they don't want this system of parliament that we've got now we want our democracy back yeah and uh, i think it's about time that the um, the governments of all persuasions started to think and listen to what the people want not what the big business wants we're headed for revolution. The people are revolting. Oh, oh yes, well, that's what Marie Antoinette might, said. We might have to talk about that a little bit later after we've heard from Bette Midler because oh. she's going to be singing about the Chapel of Love. Oh, lovely and Bette Midler. think about that. Mm-hmm. Let's keep the fingers crossed. You're on Joy 94.9. Been there, done that. Gordon, Phil and Chris. Stay tuned. There's more. listening to a joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Chris and Phil. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. The order in which I say our names changes. 
It does change it is because we are a team. We are not more important than one another. Uh, we have equal rights here. And uh, we, we're also volunteers. And the 5th of December is volun- International Volunteer Day. It we have is. solved the problem of equal pay. Yes, that's right. But nobody being volunteers, gets, nobody gets any more than anybody else. Nobody gets anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the idea of volunteering. Although Bill. the water here is free. The water's free, yes, yes. That is coming out of a tap too. No, you do. You pay for that, don't you? You have to pay for the water coming out of the tap. Oh, eventually, some way, somehow. Somehow you're going to pay for it. And they've told us now that we shouldn't be drinking tank water, water that fills a rainwater tank with a runoff from your roof because it might be possum poo in it. Pollution is washed out of the sky and down your drain into your tank. You need a more sophisticated system because my Auntie Linda lived in Charlton mm-hmm. and they didn't have town water all mm-hmm. the time. So they had a huge, I think it was 3,000 litre tank in the ground mm-hmm. and a windmill and then a tank up on a tower. To give you pressure. So you take the water off the top of the tank, which has essentially been filtered by gravity, yeah. Yes, put it up so you get water pressure from your tank. And that water was the best tasting water in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well we, had, well, we had a tank at home because where the uh, bathroom was, there was no water connected to it. So we had to have a, a tank and that was the rainwater off the workshop and then that went into the thing. And the, But if you got the little bugs and weevils things, you'd tip a, a little bit of uh, caro into the top to kill them all. And the wrigglers from the, the wrigglers, mosquitoes yeah, that were there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm just thinking of my poor cousin up in Broken Hill. They had tank water because it's a very dry place there was no mm. guaranteed water there and of course all the lead dust oh, fell onto the yeah. roofs and into the gut no wonder they have got health problems yeah. ingesting all but that lead dust that's right well that's, poor buggers we're very lucky in melbourne with our water we literally should bottle it my first day in los angeles many many years ago we arrived and we were going to all go out as a group for dinner so i thought i'll take a, a bath because that particular place didn't have a shower for some reason. And um, ran the bath, and the water was literally blue, mm. and it smelt like a swimming pool. Oh, yeah, it'd be chlorinated water. So yeah. that's why I wasn't surprised in the 7-Elevens, like we have now, everybody has their bottled water. Well, this is long before it was trendy. It was actually necessary. Yeah. If you wanted water, you can drink, you buy yeah, but, it. But that's pretty horrific up in Broken Hill, too, with that um, with the lead falling out of the sky, you know, going a bit off track mm. about those, those poor blokes that have watched the Montebello atomic tests, the oh. soldiers, and they've been asking for... And uh, they've had radiation poisoning. Well, my brother died of radiation yeah. poisoning from the Montebello blasts. And I bet he yeah. never got anything. He didn't get anything, no. They tr- he was in the Navy. They tried for years to get something, and they said, no, it was that was a, a British atom bomb. It's their problem. But yeah. who sent them up there? It was the Australian government that sent them there yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So the, These poor blokes. There's no justice sometimes. Oh, no. And this is what I'm talking about, democracy. Well, know? what was the biggest event that happened in Victoria, apart from the eight-hour day, which was a very useful thing to have got for the working person. That's right. But democracy started out, they say, in Ballarat. Ballarat with the raising of a flag. (laughs) Well, there was circumstances there that there was a gold rush was on. People were going there and it was not particularly well organised, I would have to say. Well, no, it wasn't. But the government was there with its hand out, oh, you've got to have a license to dig a hole. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be two and six, please, or whatever the price was. Mm, it was pretty and, expensive. Oh, that's only a license for one week. Oh, no, sorry, it's a one-day license or whatever. And 
this was really skewing the problem. Well, the, the, the miners weren't the, making the that miners much money. Say, that's it? right. Yeah, yeah. And they're getting ripped off by all these others who weren't digging the holes that's right. to find so, the, the gold. And they say they elected Peter Lawler as the chief of the spokespeople. And, yeah, um, Peter Lawler, L-A-L-O-R. L-A-L-O-R. That's oh, we've got a suburb named after, after him. him. yes. And he also yes. finished up in Parliament as well as a member in Parliament. So And, and what did he do? He, he, he organised... He organised the, uh, uh, basically the revolt, the which was basically what it was against the, the principle of the, um, of the gold licence laws at the time. He said it was so unfair and he said it was wrong. So they, he got the miners to all sort of agree with him and they built the barricade and they had the... Um, um, they fought the the actual police force and the uh, bit of the army or whatever it was at the time. It went down as a, as as the only time that the people of Australia have revolted against the government. They say that's the start of the de- democratic movement because up until then Parliament was ruled by people that were the, landholders or, yeah, or or business the born people. To rules. Yeah, they're born to rules. Yeah, and we've got that today. It still works. He's still running works. the joint. Yeah, it still works like that. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. And also in the US, born to rule and oh. the, the rich people. And I, I think, as they are finding, democracy has failed. It's sort of gone by the board well, a little bit over there at the be moment. Be careful who you vote for. Yeah. They well, got what they wanted. Well, we should stop criticising our politicians because that's what America did. They voted a non-politician and got one. He doesn't understand how the world works. But you've got to realise that in the old days, like Ben Chifley was a fireman, and on on engines, train driver. He was not. He was not a politician, but he yeah, went into politics and he made a difference. And they had a party machine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Mr. Trump, who we're referring to, yeah. spends half his time either sacking his staff or arguing with his party. And he's been bankrupt so many times. It's not funny. Doesn't well, pay his taxes. Yeah. yeah. The thing with the Sovereign Hill was that it is, uh, it's is—it's—it's the anniversary of it, of course, coming up in this week, isn't it, I think? No, no, this I think week. we've just missed it. Oh, we've just missed it, have we? Um, yeah. But we can still talk about the it. The Battle of Eureka Stockade was on the 3rd of December, just gone. Just gone, yeah. But prior to that, on the 30th of the 11th in 1854, Peter Lawler was elected to lead the Ballarat Gold Diggers. That's right, yeah. So that's a sequence of events there. Mm. And on the 29th of November, sort of 1970, on one of the anniversaries, Sovereign Hill was recreated as a goldfields town. And it was officially opened on that day. That's been voted many times as the best tourist attraction in Australia, I think it is. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's really, if you think about it, it's one of the few places that's actually organised. It, it's not an event or a thing. Hmm. So it's not like Uluru which just sits there. Yeah. This is a, a live, Living, active working. community. Yeah. It's not like a theme park where you go for the rides. It's an experience. To work out how they worked, the dug for gold and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. actually put gold flakes in the creek and you can pan for gold down the bottom. One of the things in Ballarat is the Museum of Australian Democracy mm. at Eureka, M-A-D-E. And it's an Australian museum which engages visitors in the compelling story of democracy. Stories are told of the ordinary men and women, past and present, who have fought for the democratic freedoms which Australians enjoy today. And located on the historic site of the 1854 Eureka Stockade in Ballarat, this particular museum explores the powerful story of Eureka as a significant part of the struggle for people's rights in Australia and around the world. So if you're going up to Ballarat, to Sovereign Hill... Mm. 
include a few other things as well. The Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka and enjoy all the other parks and beautiful buildings that were built by the gold. gold. By the gold. Well, most of the stuff around Melbourne's been built by the gold too, the big buildings. But the thing with the, I think the Eureka flag is actually at the art gallery or it's on loan at the mm. art gallery or something rather. It's a bit tattered and torn at the moment because they actually cut it up into small bits and pieces and gave it to people that were involved in the revolt. Yeah. Oh. And there's one of them is coming up to the be auctioned. It's only a, probably about two postage stamps together size and they reckon it'll get between twenty and $50,000. Whoa. I reckon it should go back to the flag, actually. It's mm. been on loan to the museum, but they've uh, decided the owners have decided to sell it. Wow. Be good if the museum could buy it and keep yes. it yeah, keep it there. Well, there we are. All these sort of things are tied together. Yeah. We're weaving a little map of ourselves <laughs> here for our stories on being there, done that. We hope that some of the people who might benefit from the democracy with the marriage equality bill, that there's no tainted love there. Oh, no. I'm sure these people have been waiting for years and years will be super, super thrilled. That's good. But we've that got didn't... soft cell. <laughs> going to talk to us about tainted love and of course you recognize the opening don't you sometimes i feel i've got to run away i've got to get away from the pain you drive into the Find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. This Joy program has a podcast and you can subscribe to it at joy.org.au. Yes, indeed. This show does have a podcast and we're part of the one million downloads that have been achieved by our podcast service, our free podcast service. That's pretty good, isn't it? It's a good effort um, that we, we, we have such programming that people want to listen to a million people want to listen to what we've had to say well may not be a million people it might be one person listening a million times well yes or half a million people listening twice oh i see the breakdown of the demographics (laughs) we could be here for a week while i explain every possibility all right but yes a million downloads is a massive milestone it's a wonderful thing it's really well well, you know it's uh it's we, we when you consider that we're a community broadcast station that we can appeal to so many people. And, of course, they, they can download us all around the world uh, on, on their computers, can't they? Yep, iTunes, smart TVs, mm. or the Joy website. Yeah, yeah, so they go to the Joy website on their computer and then they can just down click on podcasts, type in what they want to listen to, and away you go. So it's finally true. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. I told you that. Us gay people are everywhere. We're everywhere. Bigger than Rotary. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't have a secret, secret no, handshake. That's right, yeah. So there you go. But anyhow, we have podcasts. We've just so you can go back into the past 
of our our radio shows, just click on the Joy Podcasts link and you'll find a marvellous selection there. Well, we're going to be talking about things that go back into the past. Uh, We are. Time travel. Time travel. Yeah. Yeah. Virtually. Virtually. Visually. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Let's telescope your thoughts. Yes. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll go to Mount Stromlo for that. Well, we are very pleased, of course, that Mount Stromlo uh, is returned to full operation because uh, it was actually burnt out. It was destroyed by a bushfire. Another technicality. The mount has been functioning all along. The observatory had a problem with fire. The observatory was burnt out, yes. Yes, Yes. Yes, I'm here on behalf of mountains to make sure the facts come out. All right, then. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Um, There was some... Terrible, terrible bushfires around Canberra. Yeah. Uh, what what time was this on? When did this occur, please? That's a very good question. <laughs> fires. The fires that destroyed the observatory were in 2003, which was a particularly bad summer that for the a ACT. Shocking, shocking time. The houses that they lost and everything in that year. Yeah. And, and the the mountains around Canberra uh, had been replanted with. Pines, mm. and I think that didn't help much. Nature's well. little fire lighters <laughs> they, they explode. <laughs> you want some oil on your fire? Call me. Well, the gum trees aren't much better. Gum trees no. have got gum trees explode as well. Eucalyptus birds quite well, too. Mm. And all this heat and everything just got out of control, and nature did what it does, and it just ran. Yeah, and and of course, go, no they, respect for the observatory, which is in its way. On because the top fires of the go up hills very quickly yeah. for some reason. Because they go up, the heat takes them up there with it because heat rises. Yeah, and it's a it's a but they've got it back to back going back to normal now, so that, oh, which well is very very good. And they back. they go in, they can look back into time and look where we came from. What do you mean look back in time, Philip? Please tell us what is a telescope looking at when people put one eye to the viewing lens and the other lens looks at something out in the sky. Well, they're not using their eyes very much. No. But they're looking at light, which was emitted... Well... Light years ago. Light years ago. <laughs> that's, that's not correct terminology. Light years is not a measure of time. No, it it's is a measure of distance. Distance and space. It's the distance that light will travel in one of our little human years. So the light we're seeing now, depending on where it came from, is potentially billions of years old. So... I wasn't there. Oh, the no, so, so we're actually looking at events that have already well and truly over and done with, and because they're so far away... Lots of things have happened in between time. I guess it would be something like a television show that was made 10 years ago and not and kept in abeyance until we saw it now. Well, not casting dispersions on your family, but it's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> so we get into relativity because we're living here in our own time and yes, space. That's right. And no. that's all we actually know. So things that we're seeing when we look into space have taken so long to get here, like your delayed program, that we can only surmise what events caused them. But, but of course, they've also built that Hubble telescope that floats around out in space that can go actually further out into space than any other oh. ordinary observer. Well, the, it's, the concept behind Mr Hubble's telescope mm. is that he doesn't have to worry about the atmosphere. Because oh, right. he's not in it. No. Yeah. So he doesn't ever see twinkle, twinkle, little star. Oh. Now, that's, that's fine. Fair. But there are now 
gigantic telescopes on the surface of our planet mm-hmm. that make up for those corrections, or they correct those that movements. Movement, yeah. So there's actually terraformer-based telescopes that can actually see just as well as Mr. Hubble's. Because there's a huge one in Hawaii, isn't there? There's, so. there's a couple of mountains in Hawaii, one of which I drove up mm. with my partner, and I think it's Mount Haleakala on Maui, and you drive up, you start in tropical... Blush greenery. Seaside greenery. You get up a couple of thousand feet and it looks like English countryside. There's green hills and post and rail fences. You go through the clouds and you're on the moon. There's not a blade of grass anywhere. (laughs) It's a dormant volcano, so it's not extinct. And it's over 10,000 feet and there's a little sign in the parking lot next to these stairs which go up to the viewing tower. And it says, do not run up these stairs. And I thought, what a load of rubbish do they think we are? <laughs> By the time you so walk, I ran up the stairs. Oh, yeah, well. There's no oxygen up there, no. or very little. So to say I was a bit puffed was an understatement. <laughs> you learnt to read the signs and obey the signs obey the in the sign. future, yes. Well, but you see, you go around signs in Victoria, you go down, it's the same in Hawaii, you're on like the Great Ocean Road, and you'll see a sign that says, see Nick, look out. And I've never seen Nick, so I didn't have to look out for him. <laughs> And we got to the destination, and Nick wasn't there looking out anyway. No. no. So what are they saying? Oh, well, they're just, just saying that there could be somebody there. Named you can Nick. smoke on Victorian train statement stations. Can you? It says no smoking penalties apply. No smoking penalties apply. Yeah, that's right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> they missed the comma. It should have said no smoking penalties apply. But it's often the same with the, uh, the travelling apostrophe, that nobody knows where to put the bloody thing. I like hot dogs. Apostrophe S. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the best I've ever seen. What does the hot dog own? I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't live very, long enough to accumulate. Little, yeah. That's English grammar, of course, and we were talking about telescopes. We may have digressed. Yes. Digressed. Well, we do usually. Not only, we I usu- think we have. We usually can on this program because so many things happen in the course of a conversation that brings you into something else. Well, we've proved you don't have to have dessert to waffle. <laughs> but you need you need honey, honey. On a waffle? Honey on a waffle. Right, now, I, I've got to report that the cricket that occurred in last weekend in India actually had to be suspended from play because Why? of the pollution. <coughs> oh, did they have so much pollution they couldn't see? They could, That's right. That's exactly right. And oh. the players were sort of suffering. You're talking about running out of oxygen. Mm. So the players on the cricket field were, you know, they, they were in uh, peril of actually ingesting so much of this pollution that they would have done damage to themselves. Mm. Mm. Um, Yes, China and India are good at making people, but they're not looking after themselves. No, but I don't know where the pollution comes from, but I am tempted to consider that it was probably from little local fires built out of kindling and paper and rags and plastic and And everything. And cow manure and all the rest of it. Yeah. 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 You know Um, how they're going to fix it. Yeah. They're going to sell it to us. Are they? We'll go offshore for our pollution like we did for oh. our phone centres. Oh, good. That'll be fun. Yeah, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it gets back to where we started the show with, with, with nature taking its course. And when they, if, there's a, if there's no wind or anything like that, when that sort of pollution is around, it just sticks there. It doesn't blow away, which, is a, which then well, causes the Do you remember problem. in your younger days the thick fogs we used to have? Well, I come even from the, WA in my younger days, and we had a well, much more... Yeah, um, but even London don't get those pea supers anymore. No, but that was... Well, because we're burning natural gas. 1953, yeah. the big, big big fog of London was on. Mm, mm. Now, that was a, a three-month 
smog yeah, event. Yeah, yeah. And smog is actually only fog and um, smoke, smoke and fog. fog. Yeah, smoke and fog. It's mm. the, uh, the burnt particles can stick onto the little drizzly drops. And they get caught in the atmosphere in an inversion layer. Yes. Which prevents the, the wind, wind coming, coming and up. clearing yeah. away. And that's what caused all the people that died, of course, was the, was the rubbish that they were breathing in. Yeah. And uh, that's why they had pollution laws come in in 1953. It's something that we picked up here in Victoria much later, probably in the late 70s, because up until then, one of the forms of heating was briquette. I was about to say briquettes with their coal dust and all the well, rest of Well, that yeah. was compressed coal dust. Yeah. You put them in your little open fire mm. and they burnt a long time and gave out a lot of heat, but a lot of pollution went up. The chimney. And how many fires were started by people emptying the ash into a rubbish bin, thinking the ash was out and it wasn't out because you could never tell when um, the briquette ash was out. You really should have put water on it. You had to put it out with water before see, you did anything with it. Briquettes were seen as the solution because you were getting it was an off cut of of, 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 of the product, gas by, byproduct. Yeah, yeah. So they thought, oh look, we're doing doubly good, but we're really just polluting twice. Yeah. Yeah. But the one thing about it you can say that's really, really good now is the, the ban on cigarette smoking, which I think is really, that's another thing that would used to pollute the atmosphere a hell of a lot, you know. Well, we're uh, out the front of our little office here in central Melbourne, we've got a college that has a lot of international students. students and at the end of... Lessons. <laughs> lessons they all they out on the street out don't for they a, a quick suck and the air is actually blue with the smoke mm. and it reminds so me of the beijing olympics that's yeah. the nice brown sky it's a nice brown sky yes yeah mm. but it's it, it's it, that's one of the great things that they they did bring in was to ban cigarette smoking i think it's wonderful and as an ex-smoker i say thank you very much yes Yes, and my boyfriend's an ex-smoker. He he couldn't wasn't allowed to smoke where he worked, so he said, "Well, I'll just have to give them up." So he did, which is good. And I checked the other day; it's now over a dollar a cigarette. Wow! God, which is joke. you might as well. Well, you can't burn a dollar coin. Yeah. In the old days, you could burn your notes. <laughs> you might as well just do it now, save buying the well, cigarettes. What, what you, you'd burn mm. a twenty and a ten dollar bill then? Well, pack, what, pack what it they thirty or something? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, the I thirty is over thirty dollars. Yeah. Which is disgusting. Yeah. Awful. Oh, we're so virtuous here. Oh, look, we... But we do make up for it in other ways, don't we? Well, I don't know about you. (laughs) (laughs) You must be doing all my share. I'm perfect in every way. In fact, I've never been wrong. I thought I was wrong once, but I was mistaken. And that's the only mistake you ever made. Well, not even then. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. It was a make you thought you made. That was an error. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. We'll see you. uh, We'll hope to have your company next week. So until then, from us, it's goodbye. Yeah, bye for now from Gordon. And bye from Phil. Cheerio. That was Chris. Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Joy.org.au for the world. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.